Hello, what have we here? Welcome to IDP Nation, the place for IDP and draft coverage. We are your hosts, Dan and Daryl. We have you covered from your LB1 year taxi squad. We are IDP Nation. Welcome to IDP Nation and I am Daryl, and I'm here once again with uh, Kyle Bellafuel. Uh, we have a huge pack show for you tonight. What's going on, Kyle? Hey, what's happening, my man? Happy to be back. Just sitting around drinking a few, and uh, it's weird. We've got two extra screens here. Yeah. I know yeah. one of them, and, and we will get him in a minute. <clears throat> but this guy yeah. up here in the right-hand corner, I'm not exactly sure who this guy is. He, looks, he looks familiar. I know the face. I just can't place the name. Seahawks Dan. I'm not sure. <laughs> do, do, any idea who this guy is? I, it looks familiar. I'd have to, you know. Yeah. Dan, no, it, you, know. <laughs> you need to, like, take a shot before you start that intro, man, though. Like, you got to be more amped. Like, you got to be like, what is up? Oh, What's going I'm on? Pretty, pretty sure I'm going to be amped here in a minute. Just, just give me time. Well, you got to start off amped. <laughs> You you started off like here. You're you're like a you're like a crescendo. You're just accelerating. Oh, two minutes, he comes back for five minutes, and it's already back. I've, I've done a couple Patreon shows, so the, patron, the patrons have heard these melodious tones. But uh, but the rest of the the regular folk haven't. So that you just got to become a patron. You'll hear me more often. You know, I like it better when you were gone. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. Just he's kidding. been trying to get rid of me for years. <laughs> By the way, I, mean, I have succeeded now. Well, we'll introduce our other. Yo, go ahead. You you take the lead there, buddy boy. You're you're what, you're the what, captain here. Yeah, quit quit hogging the limelight, dude. Jeez. Well, you know people do watch this on YouTube too, so they've seen Ethan sitting there for like ten minutes now. <laughs> Ethan, there's there's somebody named Ethan here. Oh, yeah, my, my son Ethan's here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's who I thought you was talking about. I did, I, yes, we are joined by the one, the only, and the outstanding Ethan Turner. The official doctor of IDP Nation. Uh, the yes, official sir. doctor. What's going on, Ethan? What's up, guys? Hey, uh, I, I just couldn't help but laugh at Dan, who was giving you such a hard time. He's like... Yo, man, you need to come in with more energy like this. Welcome to IDP Nation. Like, <laughs> with like the exact same level of oxygen. There was no, in I thought I was expecting him to hit like a banger intro and do it the right way. And instead, Dan hits you with like, hey, what's up, guys? This is I'm bringing all the noise, all the energy about to bring it to your faces. I was trying, laughing, trying not to laugh to interrupt <laughs> yeah. Dan's just amazing intro bashing Daryl's 
amazing intro. So I Let's am trying to blow out any eardrums here because <laughs> I know see, we, we don't use the old software anymore, so there's no equalizing afterwards. It's all just yeah, it's high tech, man. We, we're all well, no, it's not. It's 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 high tech for me because this is me. you just said they took out the equalizer, so it's actually lower tech. Yes. <laughs> It's just well, no, the software okay. I used to use to record had an equalizer, so it kind of even us out since, you know, Daryl likes to cough into the microphone and stuff like that. So I have no idea what you're talking about. He's going to yell at his kids like just doing now. I got a great tweet here before we get started here. Uh, apparently, President Biden has signed an executive order to get Deshaun Watson out of Houston. <laughs> okay. It's obviously yep. a joke tweet, but uh, yes. apparently that that's going around, along yep. with the Bernie memes uh, of Bernie sitting everywhere. Yes, yeah, uh, those, those are the hot things on the Twitter today. So I saw a lot of good memes. Yes. Were, uh... my favorite one was uh, him sitting in the in Brand's wheelchair for Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> that was that was my that favorite was too. The game. One. It was the, the best game. one. Yeah, the Game of Thrones one got me good. Yes. But there were many of many, many quality Bernie memes today. So but, yes, there was. So Daryl, what's what we got on the show today? Well, what, before you got a sidetracked with your uh Mahomes stuff, or I mean uh, your watch. I'm stuff just here. I'm just gonna give you what you've been giving me for four years now. <laughs> Hey, I like it. You're not bothering me. I think this stuff is pure gold. So you're running my wheelhouse, you know. But I, I do think we need to let the uh, the official doctor talk here, and uh, we've brought him on for uh, a special reason tonight, uh, other than because we just like him and he's our good friend, and we don't talk enough and all that good stuff. Um, so we've got some news later that we will uh, we will let him drop because uh, it has to do with him. So. Uh, but just wanted to tell Ethan we're glad to have him back. He needs to quit being such a stranger because he's so big time. He doesn't have time for us small people, you know, with his little curl. You know, he's got his women and his fans. and He's probably got a groupie section and all that. So, you know, I, I can understand where we're at on the totem pole here. So, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, hey, I'm always going to make time for you guys. I yeah. have way too much fun not to. <laughs> we do appreciate you coming on. <clears throat> So we'll run through these news and notes, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Um, the NFL has informed teams that there's not going to be a combine for this year, uh, which is going to put a lot of pressure on these scouts and, and these uh, all-star games and uh, free agent things. I think there was a small college. <laughs> small oh, college. God, please, no. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes, I'm no. right here. See if I have more time, I can just play with sound effects and kind of do that. Hey, that's stuff. fine with me. I don't have to worry about doing stuff. I can just play with sound effects all day. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and to piggyback off of that a little bit, uh, some of the guys that we interviewed last year, Dan, uh, Reed Harrison, Ducrow, uh, Corey Williams, those guys I've been reaching out. They are hitting. There's a, a small college free agency combine going on this week and they are there. Okay. So they've, there's been a lot of scouts in attendance, so they're checking that out. So even the guys from last year that, you know, when all this hit and turned everything on its head, it, 
you know, they're getting their opportunity to jump in there too. So, yeah, and uh, Darius Williams signed with the uh, what Edmonton Eskimos. Is that yes? And then the Edmonton Eskimos, Corey said that there was two, um, I forget the Sasquatchin and I forget the other team, but there's two teams that he's been talking to today. Um, Reed's had a lot of interest in him, so it'll be interesting to see where these guys land. Um, and there was a, apparently there's a lot of NFL scouts there this week too. So, so you play for the uh, the the Edmonton Jerichos. <laughs> Edmonton Jerichos, yes. <laughs> I could just name cities and put like famous Canadians in there, and people would probably think they're real Canadian football teams. And I wouldn't hate that the Edmonton Jerichos. I really would. Yes, the the Calgary Hitmen. They're actually a, a minor league hockey team, I believe. Oh, really? There, there's a Hitman hockey team that, that Bret Hart does have a stake in. Oh. So. The best there was, the best there could have been, the best there never will be. That is not well, how it goes. He, 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 was, <laughs> he was fine until Goldberg botched a move and nearly killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is no. this a football podcast or are we just going to talk about wrestling? Because I can do either. <laughs> uh, why not both? You know, AE dub, AE dub. That's right. Uh, so a little bit of sad news. Longtime former Packers GM Ted Thompson passed away today at 68. Uh, which for those in scouting and stuff like that, he was such a huge scout. Um, just hit on so many uh draft picks and players. Uh, sad he to see, kind of had to because yeah. the Packers never signed any free agents besides Reggie White. Hey, right, Kyle, you can you can attest to that for you. You know, you, you pretty much knock it out of the park when it's Reggie White. Yeah. Like, Reggie White, Reggie White, and Charles Woodson were the big ones in that. Yeah, and, you you know, and they drafted well for years. You know yeah. what? Reggie White is the only good thing about Green Bay ever. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? I have to say, I have to say, and I will, I will, I will eat some some crow here a little bit. I can't stand this. Either one of your teams, the Steelers or the Packers, but Ooh, they do have a history. They, I'm, I'm complimenting here, though. They have a history of drafting well, so they they continually draft and plan. Um, now, people ripped Green Bay to shreds over their draft this past year because they didn't draft a wide receiver. Unlike but, Seattle, uh, who survived their like you know. <laughs> but uh, but yes, uh, but. They draft well, so I mean that those two teams have have a history. Damn it, Dan! You've offended our official doctor. I have apparently. You have. You know, you're talking a lot of smack from a dude that's wearing an NFC runner-up sweatshirt. I am. Oh. I am. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm over here in the AFC by myself. Nobody can fire shots at me. I'm just all alone. I like that. You never get close enough to to watch it. Friend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? Why are you here? <laughs> to Jeez. bust your chops. Oh, hey, we have, we haven't even gotten to your uh, volunteers. I'm sure that's not <laughs> NFL related. It's Daryl related, though. Stick with the program. Okay. See, I'm taking it off the rails. I hate you. I really do hate you. Can I, can I just say it is sad though to see Ted Thompson pass away? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. He's you know 13 years. He's only 68 years old. 13 years as the Packers GM. You know he still he drafted Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Devontae yep. Adams, Kenny Clark. Yeah. So I mean, there's still was, players that he drafted that are playing this weekend that are 
big impact players. Um, yeah, just when I saw that today, that I was just kind of like looking at my phone, like, damn, you know. Um, he was a uh, VP yeah. for the Seahawks for a little while too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, he was. Uh, yeah, just a uh, sad deal, man. Just uh, couldn't believe it when I saw it. Too, too young. Yep, he will definitely be missed for sure. Um, moving along here, a lot of coaching news, a lot of turnover. Uh, the Eagles hired uh, Nick Sirianni. Uh, however, you say. I thought you didn't say Eric Bieniemy. Or Todd Bowles, or or any minority candidate that everybody thought the floodgates were going to open to. Uh, you know, I'm I'm with you. I just the good I'm old surprised. boys club is still alive is. and well. I'm surprised that the enemy's not gotten something from there. That does it have, I mean, it doesn't. It, they can't deny interviews to these guys now that are right. playing still. But so I don't get what the the holdup here is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, Sirianni's. He's a new guy, I guess. He was the former offensive coordinator for the Colts under Frank Reich. Um, so he's getting the Eagles job. Uh, you look at the Rams. Here's kind of where Dan's going. Uh, you just keep retrying these guys. And, and not that he's bad, but Raheem Morris is going to be the, the Rams' new D.C., supposedly. Uh, Detroit has made a couple hires. They're hiring Dan Campbell to be their new head coach. And then Great for kneecaps. Yes, and then they also hired Aaron Glenn to be their new D.C., and he's a former first-round pick of the Jets, played 15 years. Um, he's a name that's been quickly rising through the uh, the coaching ranks. But, yeah, there's so much turnover right now. Um, D'Amico Ryan's going to take over as D.C. of the uh, Niners. Yep. Yep. So. so, I mean, and I'm sure we'll see a few more. Uh, who's some of the teams that's still open right now? The Jets? No, Houston, does, does anybody want to? Does anyone anybody want to be the head coach of Houston? Because no, they don't. that job they don't. would suck. Have you? Well, ever- actually, Bill O'Brien does, and he did so well. I don't understand why they got rid of him. Uh, Bill he, O'Brien he, is going to Nick Saban's head coach rehab. Yeah. He'll have another head coaching <laughs> job in two to three seasons. Yeah. He's in the program. He's getting help. He's getting help. You just wait. He'll be a, either he will be one of the top coaches. He will get a, a head coaching job at one of the top college programs, or he will be back in the NFL as a head coach in two to three years. You just well, wait. I'm sure Tennessee will have fired whoever they hire now by then. So, and he has a way of kind of just ascending power. So, you know, they might hire him to be the head coach of Tennessee, and he'll be the president of the university by the end of the year. You just know how. That's how he do. That's how we do. Well, yep. that's all of our show today, folks. Uh, <laughs> glad you could join us. There, See, there I have this control there. now. You do, although although Houston? I have I have I have the same controls. Because can we talk about Houston for a second? They have no draft picks. Their quarterback wants out. The the franchise quarterback wants out. Their defensive franchise face of the franchise is more than likely going to want out. Well, they've they've kind of said they're going to honor his request to be traded. They're going to they're, they're going to facilitate it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Who would want that job? Oof. It's a I've horrible so job. Much, uh, take I, over. I mean, so many. It, the thing about it is, if you win like five games there, you'd be considered to be great because they have such a dumpster fire going on right do you think the the coach that comes in could salvage their relationship with watson you know i think if it's 
If the enemy gets in there, he's pretty ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They've done Deshaun Watson dirty, though. Sure. I mean, oh, they really yeah. have. They yeah. traded arguably a top five wide receiver, top three wide receiver in the league, his best wide receiver for pennies. Mm-hmm. They well, I yes, will, they I made will. a trade for an offensive tackle, but for the most part, they have not done anything to address his safety or well-being since he became the quarterback. True, but he signed his extension after they traded Hopkins. So he they knew he knew Hopkins was gone. He knew Bill O'Brien. He, he probably hated I mean Hopkins hated Bill O'Brien. But he was still on a rookie deal, he, right? Yeah. Well, no, he signed though. his extension. No, I mean but he was on his, a rookie deal though, right? But for his livelihood you have to sign that extension. I yeah. I mean you don't have to. Yes. Sean Watson was definitely good enough not to if he had chosen not to. Nobody would have been like but then you're going. What you're doing is you're giving yourself two more years. You got to think he's had two ACL tears. It's true. You know he has another major knee injury. All of a sudden he's not making what he's making on this deal on this extension. So you got to get your money when you can get your money in the NFL. And it's so I don't true. But if he was truly unhappy, he could have just said, "Franchise me, and I'll bet on myself." But uh, you know I get what you're saying. He yeah, did have to take care of his livelihood, but he did have the option to not sign long term there. So. But do you think what we're what we're going to see in the NFL? And I think this is maybe the first incident that we're going to see, similar to the NBA, where players are just moving whenever they're tired of playing for a franchise that refuses to do to go all in to make them competitive. They're just saying, "Oh, all right. Well, I just want to be traded. Get me out." leave i'm out and do you think that could be a trend that we see because what the thing is is that we're seeing it all the time in the nba almost to a fault it's hurting the league i would say in that situation but these athletes are starting to realize like hey i don't have to be miserable for my entire career to like make a livelihood out of this once i get paid i can pretty much choose where i want to go or to some extent where i want to go that's what the NBA players have already figured out. Now, obviously, it's a lot different. There's a lot more players. The cap situation is different in the NFL. Yeah, I said the there's, cap a lot of, there's a lot of variance. But do you think this is going to be a trend where star players say, hey, look, if you're not going to put anybody around me, get, get me out of here? I do, because especially with all this guaranteed money that they get nowadays up front. I mean, they're, they're getting so much guaranteed yeah. up front that the one thing I will say about the NFL is <clears throat> normally your bad teams – can turn it around within two to three years. Like, you know, you're unless you like, have if you look at the Dolphins, the Dolphins were a laughing stock two years ago, and now we're looking at them as a contender for the East. Right. I mean, the, the, who would have thought that two years ago? Nobody would have. They would have said they're trash, they're garbage. And they want to get <laughs> some of the players want to trade for Watson, which I don't blame them. Watson's an upgrade over Tua, but you know, you'd have to give up to a plus to get. Watson. Well, I've seen that. It's actually one of the things I saw was two plus the I think it was the first round picks that they got trading Tunsil away. Yeah. Take two and trade those picks, you get Watson. I'm, you know, well, kind of not hating that, but if yeah. I'm Miami, I, I think you stay with what you got for now. I mean, it's, well, it's you're two it. You really want to go to Houston to go get killed? <laughs> like t- true. I mean, true doesn't have a choice. He doesn't exactly. Yeah. exactly. You know, like, I mean, thing, like, if your choice is Tua or Watson, 
Yeah. And you can make it happen. And your team is 11 and five with two and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Are you a Super Bowl contender? Like as currently constructed with Deshaun Watson, as opposed to those two dudes. I mean, I don't know if you for sure can say they are, but they're definitely closer. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, looking at the Houston though, the Houston team that made the playoffs year after year. I mean, I know Watson, I think got hurt the one year, right. And couldn't. Yeah, play the playoff game. Tore his ACL the one year. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was it's it's they had shots. Houston never was able to to do much with it, but especially well, with JJ Watt wants to leave, and you know his production's plateaued off. A yeah, me and Kyle kind of talked about that. Where does he go? I mean, is and I mentioned it. Pittsburgh would be. He's on the backside of his career. I know they've got uh, Cameron Hayward. I know they've got Stephen to it. Um, or not Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt. So sorry, T.J. Watt and Steph. Oh, Cameron Hayward there too, but but would he give up some? You know, I'm a starter in Houston at defensive end. I think he might give up a chance to play for a championship, play with both of his brothers, and you could kick to it uh, to it inside. You know, put J.J. at end. TJ on the other end, you could kick to it inside a defensive tackle because they have a need there without uh, uh, Javon Hargrave going now. So would he look at an opportunity like that to play with his brothers and possibly a championship or, you know, I mean, where would he fit? Where do do you guys think if that's not an opportunity, where is he fitting? I mean, See, I think I think he can't play 100% snaps anymore. So I think he would be a good situational pass rusher. And, and he would it would never happen, but he would be a great fit in Tennessee because we need a situational yeah. pass rusher. I mean, he would be great there. That would never happen, but I do think that that family is pretty close. And so I, do too. I don't think that necessarily it's one of those things where you look at it and it makes a lot of sense to go to Pittsburgh if because of the pull, if you're going to make pretty good money, it is a franchise that, you know, despite having kind of sputtering at the end of this year, is consistently competing for a championship. You know, do they run it back with a another year with Big Ben? Dwayne Haskins, baby. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, I was waiting to bring it up. So. But, you know, I don't – I think there is some – there is a lot of incentive, I guess, to wanting to play with your brother, you know, who is yeah. arguably, you know, one of the best pass rushers in football right now. I mean, I don't even think it's arguably he's, he is. He, he is one of the best pass he's rushers. JJ was when he was, you know, 20 sack guy, you know, he, I mean, he's, he, if you can make it happen and it makes sense financially and everybody would be happy with it. Like, I don't see any reason why, J.J. Watt wouldn't be happy in that type of see, situation. What I want to see, what I would want to see, and this is pure, this is playing like fantasy land here. <laughs> see J.J. Watt line up at end and T.J. Watt right next to him. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It would be terrifying as a, as a guard tackle combination tight end trio. Like who, you have to double T.J. But J.J.'s just as able. He still got plenty left. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think he needs to start thinking about managing his snaps. He can't sure. be a hundred percent snap guy anymore. I think he he needs to, you know, starting off the game. Yeah, you can start off 
playing, you know, first series or whatever. But then you need to cut back on your snaps a little bit to make yourself fresh because, I mean, the the if he's, you know, safe, for example, goes to the Steelers. You know, you want to be fresh down the stretch for the playoff run. You, they don't need you to get sacks in week two. Right. They yeah. need you to get sacks in week 16, 17 playoffs. So, I mean, that's that's what you kind of have to look at. You know, kind of like a – and you brought up the NBA earlier, kind of like a shooter. You know, your, your specialty shooter, your three-point specialists, you know, he, he's kind of going to – I think he – Another thing he provides is a lot of energy. You know, especially Energy. in that type of role where he's maybe he's not a full timer, but yeah. he comes in, gets a big sack, you know, in a key situation, all of a sudden your defense is energized and he's yep. the type of guy that is going to other guys feed around that. And so yeah. I don't think Energy that, and leadership, you know, energy and leadership is something, something that you put a price tag on, really. And I, mean, and I think it would be huge to play with his brothers to have maybe a less role, but play for a championship possibly. And he gives them some versatility. He can play inside. He can play outside so they can kind of do a rotation with what they got. Um, I mean, some other, some other destinations. I mean, we, we kind of pigeonholed him in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, well, he, could, that he would easily be- go to the Rams. He could easily go to Denver. He could easily go. I mean, he doesn't have to play in a three-four too. I mean, we're, we're no, no, he does not. Well, I mean, three-four defenses, but well, Houston's I mean, played four-three before in the past, so he has that. Experience. Yeah, I mean, he's. But I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. He, he's an edge rusher. He he doesn't right. have to play a certain position. I think what I think what they're trying to say, Ethan, is go ahead and order that Pittsburgh JJ Watt jersey. Just I'll just get ahead. Watt on the back. Well, and, you know what. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was murmurings about him going to uh, Green Bay, the trade deadline. So I was, I mean, was going to say that. I was going to say, what about Green murmurings Bay? about that happening? So I mean, that could happen because Green Bay. I mean, they'd give up a pick, I'm sure, for for him. Yeah, go. He's coming home to Wisconsin. But <laughs> yeah, he he has you know history there, so yeah. it, it's it's not a big leap, but um. There was some other news today. Uh, well, yesterday, Philip Rivers retired. Drew Brees was retiring. More than likely, he didn't announce it, but I think based on his his uh, long stroll around the Superdome after Sunday's game, I think it's safe to say he's uh, hanging it up. So real quick around the room here, Rivers, Hall of Famer or no? Yes or no? No gray area, yes or no? Are you putting him in, you're leaving him out? I have to leave him out. He, he's not really. I mean, he's done basically everything. Eight-time Pro Bowler, eight-time NFL Top 100, was Comeback Player of the Year in 2013. He's fifth in NFL history in completed passes, 12th in passer rating, fifth in touchdowns, fifth in receiving yards, or uh, passing yards, and 12 4,000-yard passing seasons. Um. I just don't I, – I, I say no, too. I'm with you. I say no. I don't think he's – I mean, there's certain guys that are going to get in just because they were well-liked. And I'm not, I'm not saying he he's not well-liked, but, like, it's I not kinda, the hall. And somebody on Twitter got blasted a little bit for saying this, but it's not the hall of really good. 
True. That's very true. And I kind of looked at it this the Hall of Fame. This is like the all-time greats. I think sometimes we want to put these guys in because, oh, they had a great career. They played so long. He was yeah. he was well-liked. It's not. It shouldn't be about that. I know some of the people that vote them in, it depends on their relationship with the player, if they like them or not, whether or not sometimes they go in. They go based on stats a lot of times. Yeah. You know, purely on stats, I mean – He's the, great, he's the greatest charger all time. You know, he's he's blowing yeah. away everything that Dan Fouts did. Um, I think he should have probably just not done the year with the Colts, retired a charger. And... The numbers are there, but for me, it's going – for me, and I think what everybody else is going to hold against him is the lack of championships or – Yeah, he could never win, win the big one then. Yeah. Despite all he's done, I think that's he will go in the Hall of Fame of being uh, having an entire uh, offensive line and uh, full offense as a family, though. <laughs> yes, that's Hall of Fame he'll get into. I mean, I, I can kind of see it going both ways, but I could see him making it, but then. Uh, I mean, I think it, like every all, every Hall of Fame gets a little. Saturated with and things. See, they, thing. try to, they try to they try to throw a bunch of guys in every year. Like they they try to pump it up. They do, but you got to look back at his draft class too. I think this is one thing that's going to get him. He was drafted with Eli and Roethlisberger, and what do they have that he doesn't? They both have two Super Bowl. T- yes, they have the Not a wedding ring. ring. Rivers does have a wedding ring. But. He does, but I, I agree with Dan. I think those – with them both getting championships and him not, I don't think his numbers are good enough to make up for that. Now, Although could 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 the Hall of Fame committee just say, look at this class they all need to be in? Possibly. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's a thing. I mean, Eli is probably going to make the Hall of Fame just on the Super Bowls. And he will. He will. Kind of. I think of the three between him, Big Ben, and uh, Eli, I think Big Ben has the more complete resume. Um, Eli has the championships, but maybe not quite the numbers. Rivers has the numbers and not the championships. Um, I can make a case for all three of them being in, but. You can make a case for all three of them being out, too. Very true, very true. But I, I do think with Rivers and or excuse me, with <laughs> Roethlisberger and uh, and well, Ethan, come on, let's be honest. Ben Roethlisberger did not win the Super Bowl in his 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 rookie season. That was all defense and running. He was pretty bad in that game. I mean, yeah, you you could say that, sure. But if we're if we're talking about if we're if we're discrediting Super Bowls for teams that had great defenses, then like ninety percent of the Super Bowls that were won by quarterbacks don't get a count towards right. that quarterback. Is, like is Joe, is Joe Flacco going to get into the, the, the thing? Ball. Very few Super Bowls. Very few quarterbacks win Super Bowls without good defenses. Like that is true, but I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, oh, he wasn't the focal point of that, so should it really count as much? Like. No, but he still won. Like, yeah, is, he still is, won. He was a Roethlis- he won the Super Bowl. Like, where's Roethlisberger sitting as far as like all time records? I'm, I'm not very up on his. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I just think for Rivers, 
Is he going to finish ahead of Rivers in all these categories? I mean, if he plays another year, he he gets an extra season to do it. But he's also missed a couple seasons with yeah. half a season with injuries. So. I think Rivers stays ahead of him number wise, stat wise. But I think ultimately, and we all know this, it's going to come down to the championships. I think that's yeah. quarterbacks are judged differently than everybody else. The thing about it is, does every quarterback that's won a Super Bowl deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? No. Trent Dilfer, absolutely not. I mean, I'm a big Trent Dilfer guy, but but he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. So no, I get you. I get you on that. I, so I'm I think with you. it's a it's a chip to add to the resume for the Hall of Fame. But like, I don't know. Does he? I almost feel like he does get in eventually. Yeah, but I think he's but it goes back to my original point. I think the Hall of Fame gets a little saturated. With with players like they'll not saying they induct anybody, but they're kind of obsessed with making sure there's a full roster of people going in every year. Like that, there's six or seven guys going right. in every year. Where baseball, you've got to have a certain percentage or you don't make it. I get it. Yeah, yeah and and I think I'm not a huge fan of the some some of the baseball stuff. Me either. Me either. But. You know, you gotta. I, I often want to think when I think about Hall of Fame, was this a generational player? Was this the best player on the field at the time? And I think Rivers is not. Well, he lived, he was he was playing in the generation with Tom Brady. I mean, I guess yes. like, but like I said, it's a Hall of Fame. Is it's not I, the Hall of really good. It's, he's gonna get beat by Brady. He's gonna get beat by Manning. Well, it doesn't he's say not. the Hall of the best. Like I, I guess my. So I think he should get in, but I am definitely not a football purist by any stretch. I think most players that were in the top five of that, their position for a decade should probably be in the hall of fame. Like that's just me personally. If you're the best player that ever played for your franchise, like you should probably be in the hall of fame. You know what I'll say though? There's probably probably more offensive linemen that should get in than these quarterbacks and stuff. I mean, I agree. I mean, we can, to me, I don't think that it should be this like unachievable, like once in a generation. All right. So Tom Brady gets in and none of the other quarterbacks that played when Tom Brady plays get in. Cause they weren't you're already putting him one in the generation. And Brady's like in his three generation, different like, generations. Of you're already putting him forward. <laughs> I mean, you look at it in his era, he's behind Brady, he's behind Manning and he's behind Breeze. He's already number four on the list. At the best, at best. I mean, I would say that you'd put Ben in front of him too, if that's how we're ordering things. Because again, you have to go with the Super Bowls have to mean something, right? Right. And so, to, to me, I I'm one that I think that if you're the best player or one of the best player that's ever played for your franchise, it's it's deserving to make it into the Hall of Fame. But I understand the argument against him. Like, he never won a championship. Like, if you don't right. win a championship and that's our criteria, like, I'm okay with that. If that's your personal criteria for whether or not you should be a Hall of Famer, that's fine. I'm just saying my criteria is that if you were one of the five best players at your position for a decade, you probably deserve to get in. Now, whether or not you will get in, that's for somebody else to decide. Like, I don't get a vote. So, you know, if they don't let him in, I'll be like, well, you know what? He never won a championship. Like, I get it, whatever. You know, if you can't do that, and that's what the criteria is right now, like, that's just how it works. But I think that to discredit a career like Rivers when the average NFL career is three to five years, 
and he was a high level starter for 12, 4,000 yard seasons. He was an iron man. So he, that longevity should also mean something, you know, otherwise we're just awarding like, Oh, well, you know, if you take a three year stretch, then yeah, he probably wasn't. They didn't have any one like three year stretch where you're like, dude, this guy is clearly like the best quarterback in the NFL for these three to four years. And that would be the argument that you could have against him is that at no point for three or two, even two years, was he the best quarterback in the NFL, but he played at a time when we had the best quarterback in the NFL. So (laughs) I guess it's just not fair to discredit that he never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. When without taking it into the context of there were just way better teams and players than he is all time top five players all time were right. stopping him from getting in. Like, does that mean he wasn't great? No. So I, for me, that's I think- my personal opinion, I think you should let him in because yeah. I think the bulk of the work for how long he did it, that longevity should mean as much or more than his like not, not being able to have a good enough team to win a game. <laughs> See, I would argue that yeah. he had a good enough team that those Charger teams just choked. Yeah. I mean, I think the numbers, <laughs> I think the numbers I mean, that's fine, but like if we're taking away Super Bowls because yeah. they, because they didn't have a good enough defense or are they because they had a great defense like you tried to do, then like Russell Wilson is not getting into the Hall of Fame either because he took one of the best defenses in the decade to a Super Bowl and he rode on their curtails. So, you know, I, I guess the thing is, it's like you can turn this argument however you want to. Yeah. I just think that he deserves it because he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for 12 years. Like it's right. only been a league for like 70 years or whatever, 50 years. So I think he eventually gets in. I don't know that he's first ballot, but he does get in. I think the numbers are there. The championships, of course, are not. He's the greatest. And this is one thing that just me on a personal thing. He is your greatest quarterback in that franchise's history. Everybody loves Dan Fouts. He was good. A different era, of course. It'll be an instant. Next year, they'll be inducting him into their ring of honor or whatever they're right. doing. I and mean, I th- they might not be allowed to because it's the Rams stadium technically. But but I do think Rivers <laughs> is deserving. Uh, maybe not first ballot, but I do think he gets in at some point. Um, I, th- I think he's just done that, and, and you know he put you know the longevity thing, and, and of course when you've got twenty five kids at home, why not play till you're fifty? Because yeah, he was a great. He was a great fantasy quarterback for, <laughs> for pretty much. I mean, even at at points last year, he was pretty decent. I mean, this this past season, you could tell his arm just was. Him and Breeze both like they they I think hung on one season too long. Their arms just looked shot after the wild. They both made the playoffs. Like, come on, <laughs> they like, did. But I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Like, game to game, the arm's not there. You just watch them. You're just, like the teams won. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> they did. we've lost Oscar. control, Kyle. We've lost control. Can I, can I weigh in on the Philip Rivers show, Kyle? No, you Kyle. are not allowed to weigh in. No, okay. You have okay. to be quiet, Kyle. All right, go ahead, Kyle. Kyle's going to say Aaron Rodgers is better than Philip Rivers. Well, I'll have the, I'll end this Philip Rivers show with the quickest take ever. Let him in. I say yes. Buy 15 gold jackets for his kids and family. And he throws sidearm, which is cool. So let him in. There you go. There you go. I guess I I'm the only hater out of the group here. I, I, yeah, I do think he gets in. I just think it's going to take him a little No, while. I ended it, Daryl. 
He's in. 15 drives. Uh, it's over. Now so you want to speak. We came here to talk about defense and injuries, yeah. and we are talking about retiring quarterbacks. But, yeah, and, and just one more piece of news and notes. Uh, Sarah um, Sarah Thomas will become the first female official at Super Bowl 55. That's a uh, that's a big thing. Um, such a huge moment coming up that for so many young females and young girls that are looking, don't you know? Don't ever let someone tell you you can't do this because it's a man's sport or a man's world or whatever. Uh, trend setting to say the now, least. We now also have a biracial um, couple as a vice president and and yes. multiracial vice president, female vice president. So, yes. I mean, that's it's a big week for women. It as, is. Uh, it is big week for you, Kyle. Big week for you. Oh, anyway, we've we've killed enough uh, time there. We need to get moving on. Uh, Before we we do, before we hit the main event, before we get to what we bring Ethan here for, his time to shine, we've got to hit a sponsor. Um, We've got to hit up Action uh, Action 247's uh, gambling site here in Tennessee. They're locally owned. It's a local legal betting site. Um, It's for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans. Um, You can play for free. They have just a free um, section you can go on and win prizes and money. Or if you like to put a little cash down, they have that too. Um, You know, they're doing the Preds gear giveaway this week. Uh, They're doing the MMA multi-sport parlay, the conference championships, the live events. Uh, I've told it many times and uh, Kyle kind of g- uh, giggles when I say it. You know, if you know who the best dart thrower in the world is, you can bet on that. Uh, they cover everything: NBA, basket or basketball, college basketball, NFL, soccer, um, hockey, whatever you want. They can do it. Um, go make your deposit, and when you do, be sure to use our promo code Hollywood100, and they will match your deposit up to. 100 bucks. So if you throw down 100, they're going to give you 100. You've instantly got 200 bucks right there. Um, it's the only sports book in this state that accepts cash. They have a hunt, more than 100 locations across the state where you can deposit. Um, they're offering opportunities every single day for free bets. Um, you know, they were, they're, Locally owned and such a great site. I've been on there numerous times checking it out. It's easy to use, a nice, fluid layout. It's, you know, and they're just as good as the big boys, if not better. And uh, I think with these times, I know it's just for Tennesseans. Uh, I kind of get that. But, you know, support your local small uh, small businesses. And, you know, maybe they don't have the big name or reach out like some of the others is. But, you know, if you live here in Tennessee, I know Sean does. He listens to us all the time. You know, help them out. Help us out. Uh, we have a few costs. We get some kickbacks if you use the uh, the promo code Hollywood100. Help us out. So uh, it's just a win-win all the way around. So uh, like yeah. I said, I, I've been on there. It's a really nice site, really easy to use. I mean, there's not a lot of ad. There's actually no ads. You go on there, it's clean. You know, you don't have do this or do that. It's just straight. You know, make your place your bets. Here it is. Even on the free side, it's it's the same way. So go you check can probably just go across the border, make a few bets, and run back. 
<laughs> you very well could. You very well could. They're always, I mean, follow me on Twitter because they're always giving stuff away. Um, you know, they gave away Titans tickets this year until they got eliminated. Just so many things. Now hockey season started, so they're going to be doing a lot of Pred stuff. Um, you know, with uh, Memphis Grizzlies, they're going to be doing that stuff. So, I mean, they're college pro, whatever. They, they've got it covered, so go check them out. Is there an action on who the next Tennessee head coach is going to be? I don't know. I, I've not looked at it today because we just hired a new AD. Uh, the actual AD from uh, Dave Wright from uh, UFC or UCF, sorry, down in uh, – he's the one that hired Scott Frost down there a few years ago. So um, as far as a coach, not sure what they're doing. I'm sure there's a, a list going on or whatever, but – yeah, go check them out. I mean, they got anything and everything. So, is is the AD banning McDonald's from the campus? <laughs> he, I'm sure he probably is. I'm sure he probably is. It may be, yeah, it's, it's it might be Burger King this time. You know, have it. I forgot. I, I forgot. I was gonna bring a McDonald's bag downstairs because my my son likes to collect those apparently now, uh, and, and just hold it up. Be like, here, Daryl, take it, take it. You know I hate you, right? I do. I do. Okay. Long, long as you know. Long as you know. Ethan, I get this out. I don't know if I'm going to be on dig, so I gotta, gotta take. Ethan's so here. bored down there. He's like looking at his phone. He's like, oh my god. Well, he's not. He's, he's doesn't live in Tennessee, on, so they're just virtually all this that casino show. action. They won't let me talk. It won't. It won't apply to him because he's not in Tennessee. Right. Anyway. Anyway, so we had that's our sponsor. So go check them out, Hollywood Hundred. Use that promo code. And uh, so now we're going to get to the main event. While we brought Ethan here, you know he's just not another pretty face in the crowd. Um, we are going to talk some injuries and him being our official doctor of IDP Nation. He can tell you this, you know how bad these injuries are, what it means, the the outlook going forward. Um, you ready, Ethan? I'm always ready. That's what I like to hear. So we, we made up <laughs> we made up a list for you, certain player of a number of players. Uh, we'll go over them, and you can uh, you can break them down. This is kind of your time to shine here. So um, up first is Daniil Hunter with the neck surgery. Yeah, so he had uh, surgery to repair a disc herniation. So basically the, the way that our necks work is uh, the, the vertebrae or the bone in your neck that make up your, your spine uh, sit on top of a disc. And a lot of times what happens is they will herniate the disc, actually push out too far backwards towards the spinal cord. Uh, and what that does is it puts pressure on the nerve. It will send pain down your arm. Um, occasionally into your neck. It's very, uh, very painful. And so a lot of times, and it can be dangerous, obviously, if you're taking off at the neck, um, you're, you have to, <laughs> your spinal cord goes down past your neck. So it controls everything below that. So uh, when you have pressure on it, you got to get that off. So uh, what they usually do is a disectomy, which is basically they go in and they can do it in open, which is a, a big incision, or they can do a micro, which is a small incision. And what they do is they go in and they actually shave off the part or cut off the part that is sticking out and actually uh, pressing on the spinal cord. So it is a major surgery, but I'm, it's it's not really something that uh, 
they've pretty well got it down at this point. There's no, there's no major uh, complications to it outside of like your normal infection, things like that. Uh, it's a very effective surgery. A lot of times once they do it, it does take the pressure almost entirely off the spinal cord. The problem is, is that it doesn't completely prevent the disc from herniating again. So uh, it is possible that it could happen again to him. Uh, he's an interesting one because, you know, his contract isn't technically up until 2023, but he was looking for an extension before this injury. He is one of the most underpaid uh, defensive yes. ends in the league right now for his production, what he does for this team. He signed that extension before he became the Daniel Hunter that we know right now. Right. And so uh, I am curious to see what happens my guess is they're not going to talk with him about an extension until he proves he's healthy for another year. So probably not getting it this offseason unless they are very confident that he is going to be completely healthy. Um, I'm going to say it's probably next offseason we're going to start. We're probably start seeing some rumblings about a contract extension if he's playing this year and is healthy and is producing. But uh, uh, definitely one that's – you know the contract situation I think is the more interesting wrinkle of this. The surgery obviously is – you know, you don't want to have somebody having a neck surgery, but it is a procedure that is not not super hard to recover from. Right. Yeah, because they're missing, missing both basically most of the season. He should be. Yeah, yeah. He missed yeah. the entire thing. He out he of did. nowhere was was out for week That's one, right. and we're all like, "What the hell?" And they said he was a stringer, which it cracks me up because of yeah. stringer, the same thing happened with. Um, Leighton Vander Esch's injury was that way. Um, a lot of times uh, what you see is it's a stinger, which is basically yeah. you're getting pain down your arm from your neck. And, they're, you know, football speak is, oh, well, you know, it's a stinger. It'll be fine. No, problem. <laughs> no he's a major neck injury. There, you, it's not normal for your arm to hurt because you've injured your neck. So uh, I always think it's funny when coaches come out and they're like, yeah, I think he tweaked it a little bit. And it sounds like he maybe was sleeping and like woke up and had this like neck issue, which, you know, talk about feeling like an old man, wake up and then you have to have neck surgery. That sucks. Well, like, he uh, should be ready to go for the season, though, right? I mean, the recovery time, getting ready. To yeah, go. he should be good to go. He should be good for the year. So, it okay. is, is, and this is a technical question here is Stinger an actual like injury, or is it just something that old guys use to say he, he, you know, he got so, back? Technically, a Stinger is a layman's term for a nerve impingement. That, that shoots pain down from your neck into your arm. So it, it if you're not medically trained, like it may, like if you say, Hey, I've had a stinger, like I'm going to know what you're talking about. Like, you so know, it's, it's, like, it's like the hip doctors would say, you know, it's the equivalent of this. Back then, it's, it, it's an old term. Stinger is an old term. The equivalent of getting your bell rung when you actually have a concussion. It's the yeah, same, same thing, idea. Right? Yeah. Same idea. Yes. Just imagine how many times announcers say, oh, he got his bell rung. Yeah. He's right. really on his 15th. I mean, it's that old school thought, stinger, bell rung, you know, those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those. People will come in with all sorts of ways that they've described their injury. And I'm just like, all right, I know exactly what you're talking about, but that's not really what it's called. Uh, right. You know, the question is always is like, all right, he's got a stinger, but like, what's why what's, what's stinging <laughs> why why does he have this stinger is it a disc herniation like, what, 
or is it something more serious like Justin Ross? Uh, I know we're not. This is this is probably Clemson wide receiver was yeah. supposed to be a number one draft pick or a first round draft pick wide receiver. He it's had a stinger. He had a stinger, and it ended up being a uh, congenital uh, uh, malformation in his neck that could potentially end his career. So. When I see oh, wow. Stinger, I'm instantly thinking like, oh, geez, this could be really serious because right. something's wrong with their neck. What are they going to do to fix it? Man, he actually is coming back, apparently. Justin yeah. Ross does look like he's going to come back. Uh, it, well, I, the thing is, is will anyone clear him medically first? He is not – I never doubt – modern medicine's ability to get these guys to play, but that doesn't mean that a team is going to trust him. If that yeah. makes sense. Like you're going to probably have 15 to 20 teams that are not going to have him, there, him on their board at all yeah. based on how his medicals turn out. So I'll be curious to see kind of where he falls in the draft. If he goes in like second or third round, all of a sudden you're looking at, okay, wait a second now. Like his medicals probably came back better than what we expected. But with this year, with no combine, with teams kind of doing, you know, haphazard medicals, you know, some guys aren't even going to get medicals. Some guys are. Uh, this is a year where we're not going to have really great information on these guys that would normally we would know after right after the combine, like, oh, Justin Ross's medicals checked out. I don't think we're going to get that this year. Well, it's interesting because also, and this is Debbie offense as well, but um Great Calareca uh, or Cal, Cal, whatever his name is uh, <laughs> from Oklahoma. He had retired from playing, and now he is planning to come back. Well, he, he was the tight end, right? Tight end, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know much about his injury history, but I knew he was retiring. I thought it had to do with concussions. But. It was concussion related. Yeah. I know that yeah. for sure, but I don't. I haven't. I didn't do his injury history because I didn't think yeah. he was going to be playing anymore. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, people straight up dropped him from Debbie rosters. So that's like a little bit of an asterisk. Like you know, don't be so quick because, like you said, modern medicine can do some crazy. Yeah, things. don't doubt modern medicine. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and I know we are not a wrestling podcast, but uh, look at Edge was told he could never wrestle again ten years ago, and he came back. So, I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Injury. So, I mean, you know, the rated R superstar. Yes. I don't have. Uh, the- moving along. Yeah. <laughs> moving along. Chandler Jones, defensive end for Arizona, torn biceps tendon. Yeah, so Jones tore his bicep. Um, normally, recover for this is about three to four months. Um, the thing I found, though, that's interesting with NFL players is usually their post-injury production is at their pre-injury level. So it doesn't really affect how well they play when they come back. But the study did show that when the players do come back, their post-injury careers are shortened compared to their peers and they play significantly fewer games per season. And so when you're talking about a guy like Chandler Jones, who's highly effective, you got to remember dude's 30 years old. So did we just take what would have been a five year long career at, at, you know, what he was he going to play to 35 and now he's only going to maybe play to 32 or 33. That's where I think we don't talk enough about how these injuries affect players long-term. How many years are we taking off the end? That's what I always like to say. How many years did we take Did this injury? We can talk short-term three to four months, no problem. 
But did we just take two full years of his career off the end, or at least his effective career, where he is a high-level producer? Uh, Andrew Luck is like the poster child for that. You know, everyone was talking about, well, when are we going to get Andrew Luck back? When are we going to get him back? He's had a whole year off. When are we going to get him back? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't forget, like, when he comes back, we can't assume he's going to play to 37, 38. And then, of course, wow. he plays one more year, gets another injury, and then retires. He's a much, a very extreme example of this, this idea, but it's something that too often we completely forget about because we're only worried about when we when are they going to play for my fantasy team again. We don't care about, well, how long is his career shortened at the end of this? And so I always like to bring that up because – you know, if you're trading for Chandler Jones on the DL, you know, you're trying to get a, a little bit of a discount here. Know that you, you're probably going to get, you know, pre-injury Chandler Jones production, but it might not be for five years like you're, like you're planning. So you have to evaluate that uh, when, you're, when you're evaluating how much you want to trade for a guy. What are, the chances yeah, of, what are the chances of re-injury, I guess, of something like that? You know, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. Um Typically, it, they're pretty low because what happens is is they they don't attach it in the same spot that it normally would sit, and so the likelihood that you stress it the same way again is pretty low. I mean, it is possible that he could tear it again, but it's it, there's not um, the likelihood goes down because they're not stretching the muscle out as much as it was previously. Right, and, and I'm glad you. You, you you say you know it's it's you know they're not injury prone it's 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 not necessarily going to happen again um you know but there are some injuries that lend themselves to uh chances of re-injury i think stuff with the feet a lot of times yeah you don't want to mess with foot injuries yeah and wow. i remember that from last year you mentioning feet suck yeah feet i don't play around with feet you want another example from this year <laughs> do both samuel yeah, yeah. guy broke his foot to start in preseason, and they're like, "Well, he has ten weeks to recover before the season starts." I'm like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm out on that completely." And guess what? If the foot doesn't get him, something else will, because he's right. not going to be running the, same, the right way. That's it. He's yeah. compensating, and so with him, it was hamstring issues. We see it all. The, we see it way too much, and it's one of those things that. At some point, we're going to learn, I guess. Like, I'm just going to yell enough on this podcast that people are going to know that, like, if you see a guy hurt his foot before the season starts, you just take him off your board. I don't care how good he is. Yeah. All right. And I'm so glad you mentioned the longevity of injuries, like how it takes years off your career, because I'm guilty of it. You know, when I first started playing fantasy, you know, I looked at what are you doing for me now? What do you, you know, what have you done for me lately? And, Listening to you and getting your injury guides and stuff, I'm which is a game changer for me because I'm now taking what you tell us about injuries and I'm applying that to my teams. You know, is what's his outlook two, three, four, five years ahead? You know, am I losing? Am I losing some good years because of this injury? Is it cutting maybe his career a little bit short? So, really love to hear you talk about that. Who's yeah, I love talking about it. I mean, to me, it's it, it, we're looking for at, at this point, there's so much fantasy content out there. You're looking for any advantage you can get. So that's right. one of my major goals was to provide people with an advantage. Right. You know, how are you going to beat however many people you're playing with when they have 
you know, they have infinite resources too. I mean, there's so right. much amazing content out there. You I mean, it's almost overwhelming how much great content there is. You know, what do you do that gives them something different? You know, gives them that slight little baby edge that maybe is the difference between losing in the playoffs and, and winning a championship. You know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And, and does drafting Debo Samuel, for example, like win you a championship or not win you a championship? Probably not. But if you had taken somebody else instead of Debo and they blow up all of a sudden, you know, Debo Samuel wasn't that far away from Stefan Diggs. So you're talking about, you know, how do you strategize your draft? If you know, like, all right, if you're not planning on taking Debo in the ninth or 10th round and you're sitting in the eighth round and you're like, I really want to have a wide receiver or two, you're taking Stefan Diggs. All of a sudden you are talking about a championship. So that's where I think, while it doesn't seem like it's a great advantage, you know, on the margins, it really is. Because if you know to avoid the landmines, you're a lot less like likely to lose a leg while you're while you're trying to win. And I think that goes uh, in another guest that we've had. I don't want to you know triple t- step on your toes or any, uh, but uh, Bob Lung's consistency guide kind of you know it's not going to necessarily one player isn't going to change things, but if you can look at something in a certain way, take pieces of, say, that, take pieces of an injury uh, consideration. It, it helps to, to mold. It, it could you know, be the tiebreaker between you taking, you know, like you said, Samuel and Diggs. You know, you could decide, hey, this is an injury risk. I'm going to flag this. Uh, this is a consistency risk. You know, you can kind of use all this formula to kind of all together. Basically, like a more the more you know commercial here. Exactly. Right, right. And and to kind of piggyback off that, you know, like Ethan said, there's so much information stat wise and fantasy there. content and all this out there. Everybody has it. So so now I'm at a stage where I'm looking for what can you give me that's going to change how I look at fantasy. Uh, Ethan's uh, you know breakdown of the medicals is one thing. His guide. That's one thing that changes how I look at fantasy that I didn't used to do. Another one was our, our friend Jason Waltner and his uh, capology knowledge. That's another thing. I, and I think, you know, putting those two things together with what is already out there fantasy-wise, that's just game-changing things, and that's what I look for. So, Yeah. So who's the um, next out of your list there, Daryl? Up Kyle. next is Grant Delpit, the safety for Cleveland. He has an Achilles injury. Achilles injury. Sorry. Yeah, with a an Achilles tear, this is this is one of those ones where you, you got to pay attention to it. It's it's definitely a career changer for a lot of high level athletes, and we're getting better. Uh, this used to be a career ender for most athletes, right. and so we are getting better at how to rec- how to recover from these, how to get that explosion back. Uh, normal recovery for just an average person is about six to nine months. So that's, you know, we're going to start running. We're going to start doing high level activities at around six to nine months. NFL players usually take a full 12 to actually get back on the field. Uh, sometimes you'll see it a little bit less, you know, uh, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Emmanuel Sanders was one. Um, uh, Richard Sherman was another one that we, you know, very quick turnarounds. And so there is some, uh, Evidence to support certain athletes uh, do tend to recover a little bit quicker. So it could be, you know, with him, 
it was an injury in August. So I'd say there's a pretty good chance that we see him week one next season. The question is, is how does he do that first year? A lot of times that first year after an Achilles injury, you're not looking at somebody that's getting ready to produce at a high level. Um, they're just, they're just not quite ready. Uh, they're just not quite there yet. And the explosion is not back. It's a major, major injury. And so if you can't laterally explode and do that quick twitch movement, it's hard to play safety in the NFL when you can't, you can't cover large distances quickly. And so I wonder if his playing time will be affected by that this year specifically. He is young, so there is a chance, I guess, that uh, he could bounce back and still be a valuable dynasty asset. Uh, I just don't think that probably, probably not going to be in 2021. Is it a big hurdle to get over mentally with an injury like that? Like you don't want to push it. You don't want to explode off of it. You, you, is that a big hurdle that, that patients have to get over, I guess, with an injury like that? It definitely Especially is. like a player like Keanu and Derwin James, you know, do you think that, yeah, let's say 2020, you set out the whole year with an Achilles. 2021, you play – but is it really actually 2022 before you get back to yourself? So it's almost like a two-year injury in a way. Do you, does that make sense? I would say that it usually is the – if they're going to bounce back, it's the second year for most for most athletes. Uh, right. There is a huge mental component with any major injury. Uh, I just actually went through and, and looked at his injury history prior to this. You know, he's never really had – uh, he, he did have a clavicle fracture, which is a surgery. I mean, but for the most part, he didn't really have anything that was major on his history. So that's one right. that I like to look at with athletes, especially with a guy like Deshaun Watson, who had torn his, his ACL already. I know he knows how to come back from that. I know mentally he's at least somewhat more prepared for what he's got to go through for his recovery than a guy that's never had an injury that has an ACL tear. And so I do look at those things. It, it really is a case by case basis. And I, I don't, I'm not close enough to the athletes to know like, all right, this guy's either handling this super well. He's not with a major injury, like an Achilles though, you, you always have to have it in the back of your mind. Like there is an inherent risk that this dude is never going to be the same. We've seen enough evidence that shows that your calf does not recover the strength that it had previously for, I mean, they're talking 10 years later, it's not the same. And right. so we're asking him to come back and play in an NFL level 12 months later. It, there, it's, it's definitely going to be affected. You're worried about the compensatory injuries because it's not going to be, it's more than likely not going to be at hundred percent from a strength perspective. So you have an imbalance there that could cause a compensatory injury. And so, yeah, I do worry a lot about mentally, how are they going to handle a major injury? Because I know just dealing with regular patients, there's some people that just do not recover well up here. The body is recovering and doing great, but up here they're still hurt. They're still in that mindset that like I have to baby it, I have yeah. to, uh, you know, protect it. And you can't have that mindset and be a safety in the NFL. It just doesn't work. You can't baby it and be an effective safety. 
It just, it and just, that's a huge hurdle. You got to jump right? your performance, even if you're a hundred percent healthy. So for a layman here, you use the word compensatory. I yes. believe. Uh, that would be like the equivalent of, we've talked about ACLs and hamstrings having a same core. idea. So just so you're compensating. Kinda, so there's a yeah. muscle imbalance. And because of that, you're putting more stress on another part of the body. Typically it's a hamstring or quad or something up the chain or, or down the chain. Um, so basically anything above or below the injury. So like with an Achilles, you're looking at like a foot injury or potentially, you know, a, a hamstring injury or quad injury. Sometimes it's a hip or groin strains. Um, you're putting more stress on those muscles because you're, calf or your Achilles is not working the way that it should be, or one side is working really well. And the other side is not working to, to the equivalent amount. So, you know, my, it's like, if you were trying to run on a bum foot, you know, your running gait changes, you don't run the same way. And that leads to higher risk of having a different injury in both legs. Right. Yeah. I just had I had a question for Ethan. I know we had another guy on the list with an Achilles injury and Landon Collins. Did you uh him being a little older than Delpit, is there any other concerns with him over Delpit as far as career wise? Yeah, that? you're looking at again, how long are we gonna how long are we taking off the end of his career? How long yep. can he play effectively? You know, Landon Collins is one of the best safeties in football. And so is he when we're talking about fantasy, especially, do we still value him that way, knowing that he he might not have the same explosion? He might not be able to do some of the things that he was doing previously where he was covering the entire length of the field to get a tackle. Or, you know, is he more likely to get beat? Uh, we've seen this now a little bit with Richard Sherman where that first year back, man, there were some serious questions as to can he still hang the way that he was hanging before? Is he now a liability on defense, which – depending on your IDP scoring could be, you know, the difference between this a top five safety and, you know, somebody that shouldn't be on your roster. I mean, there, it, yeah. it definitely concerns me more with an older player because they already had a limited number of years to be effective. And now we've maybe potentially cut that in half or more. And especially with a guy like Landon Collins, dude's already made some pretty good money. So, how much longer does he want to, you know, if he starts racking up two or three injuries on top of this, how much longer does he want to put himself through that when he's already made, you know, he's already got paid with Delpit. Yeah. He hasn't gotten paid yet. So he has a lot of incentive to try to make it work with yeah. Collins. It's not really there. So there's other factors that play into that too, but definitely a little bit more concerned the older you get. Right on, man. For Collins, uh, one of the things is he's, he's got a, a rookie that's uh, that took his, that took over his job and did pretty well. So um, the, the competitive juices to get back on the field might, uh, you know, if, if he's trying to solidify his spot. I mean, I know we talked, I think we talked about on the Patreon about Curl and Collins playing on the same time. But, uh, but you know, you, you wonder if the, the, the guy coming coming for the job might have might influence the team even. The team might just say, hey, we got this young guy. We have this question mark with the, the Achilles injury. Let's just cut bait and. Let some other team pay him. I'm not sure the contract situation, but I think Collins just signed a new deal, so I think. Well, he's got two years. Yeah. But yeah, 
And it may be a situation where they move Collins if healthy. They may move him down to a linebacker. You know, let oh, him yeah, play some linebacker. Yeah, we had talked yeah. about it before. I, I just, I was just, you know, bringing it up that, you know, somebody coming for your job, you might try to get out there a little too early. Yeah, I'm like influence. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Moving along, Terrell Casey, defensive tackle for Denver, biceps injury. Yeah, basically the exact same situation that you have uh, with Chandler Jones dealing with the same same type of thing, different position, uh, so defensive tackle. Again, worried about long-term career length. He's 31 years old. Uh, while a, his production should be the same when he comes back, how long are we going to keep that for? Right. Um. We'll move along here. Jeff Okuda, corner for Detroit, has a groin injury. Yeah, Okuda's been dealing with this for a while now, actually. And he didn't just have a groin strain, sadly. Uh, right. He dealt with two different things. He 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 had a hamstring injury, um, and then he had a shoulder injury, and then he had this groin issue. And so you're talking about three separate injuries, separate injuries for a guy that just got into the league. Um, and – it's one of those situations where the groin strain maybe apparently this was kind of a holdover from a groin strain that he had in college and hopefully he had surgery on it. Hopefully the surgery will fix it, but you got to worry a little bit about just they're starting to add up. You know, we're starting to see a trend here. He didn't, look particularly good when he was healthy, but was he ever healthy this year? I would say probably not uh, just based on how he played. It didn't look the same as what he did when he was in school. So um, we're hoping that the surgery will fix the groin issue because he has dealt with it now for multiple years, multiple seasons, but these types of surgeries are not always successful. They're just, they're just not, there's no exact science to a muscle injury. And so uh, my biggest concern, I guess, is that he's now he's got a history that's adding up. He already has a lot of shoulder. He's had a shoulder issues for a long time. I think dating back to 2015. If my, uh, I think that's what my my research that I did last year on the class said. And so now we had this groin issue. You got two different uh, weak points, is what I like to call. You know, when you have an injury in the same spot over and over and over again, that's a weak point on your body. So, uh, you know, with Dan, it's his whole body. But for Jeff Akuda, <laughs> he's only got two. Uh, and so I am a little concerned about this just because will he ever reach the potential that we saw when we were talking about him as maybe a generational type of cornerback? Uh, if he can't stay healthy, it's going to be hard to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Moving along here, one that's been a huge topic in fantasy circles, not only because of the injury, but because of his production. Kalan Farrell, defensive end for Las Vegas, shoulder injury. Farrell's dealing with the shoulder. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's certain teams that I just, when I see one of their players get hurt, I'm just like, God, I, this is going to be a real freaking pain to get anything out of this. The Patriots are this way. The, the Raiders are this way too. Uh, Las Vegas, I don't know if it's – I don't know. I'm assuming it's because Gruden is an old-school coach and understands the nature of just never give anybody an advantage ever when it comes to this kind of stuff. But uh, 
everybody not lies. Much <laughs> There's not much out, <laughs> out there about this. Uh, he was placed on IR. I would say that because of that, off-season surgery isn't off the table. Um, if he has a labral tear or it doesn't seem like this is healing, there's a good chance that they will go in and, and scope this and actually see exactly what's going on with the surgery. I'm not really worried about it long-term, even if it is a labral tear, but it's definitely one where, again, I don't, um, I don't like seeing, <laughs> I don't like seeing players get hurt on teams that don't tell you anything because you never know. Like we, he might have surgery and we never, we don't find out until, preseason it'd be like oh yeah i had surgery this offseason you're like oh well that would have been nice to know not uh, everybody's nice enough to like aj brown to to live yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> no they don't uh, typically players are pretty hush hush about that kind of stuff don't you blame him that's the nurse's fault we all know this it's the nurse's I was, fault. I, I was just making this <laughs> week you know when am i ever going to mention that again i don't know yeah, i know i know so cool. So we'll move along here. Um, so Stefan Gilmore, cornerback for New England, uh, partially torn quadriceps. This isn't what you want to hear. <laughs> quad quad tears are not uh, not usually a good thing. The, I mean, I guess the the good thing is it's only partially torn, so it wasn't a complete yeah, tear. Right? What'd you say? I said. Quad tears are a kind of a nasty injury, right? Oh yeah, they're not they're not fun at all. Um, who was the defensive tackle for the Cowboys? Uh, that they signed and he popped his quad. There was another was, player uh, that popped his quad. Big defensive tackle for the Cowboys. Oh no, yeah, that's who I was thinking. It was a Pell. Was it I don't know, but basically he had a complete quad tear, which is obviously much more serious. Um, a partial quad tear is still pretty serious, though. From what I found is that your average number of games played after the injury is about 41 games. So with a guy like Gilmore, who, again, older player here, you're looking at probably a two- to three-year window for Dynasty um, and for Fantasy. And with him, out beside like, – Outside of those two with the bicep tear, with Gilmore, I am concerned about what his production looks like after he comes back because there is a good chance he's not as explosive. He's not going to be able to hang as quickly as – and, again, this is a, an elite-level player, but if he can't – when you're a cornerback and you can't hang with the best wide receivers and you're supposed to be a lockdown corner, you're going to start getting burnt. And so how long can he – hold that up with this type of injury I, I really don't know you might be looking at two to three years and they're not even very effective years yeah wow that's concerning there um moving along um devin bush linebacker for pittsburgh acl tear this one hits home uh obviously as a pittsburgh fan <laughs> I would say that this was the moment that when he when he tore his ACL, I knew that this season was not going to go the way I had hoped that it would go and what we needed as a team for this to go. He really was the heart of the defense. He wasn't the most vocal leader of the defense, but he was definitely the the he was the guy that was erasing a lot of mistakes in this defense because he was so athletic and so good. 
Uh, he tore his ACL in week seven. So there is at least a small possibility that he isn't ready to start the year. Typically, you're looking for 12 months for an ACL tail. They're going to come back in nine almost always, though. So he's kind of right on that edge of the nine-month moment. Um, could they keep him out a couple games? Yeah, but more than likely, he's going to play. Uh, from what I've been able to find, he, he looks like he's on track to play. Um, so I would say that, you know, again, with Bush – He's a high-level dynasty asset still. I'm not worried about this ACL tear. They do have some history of that first year back isn't always 100% uh, production-wise because, again, you're looking for 12, 12 months before they get to 100% of pre-injury production post-injury. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see where he's going in drafts for IDP. If he is going way too high and you're putting him up here in this, like, elite tier – then I might be a little bit more cautious, but more than likely you're going to get a little bit of a discount and he's going to be a fine pickup. Speaking awesome. of uh, awesome. high-end high end IDP asset with ACL tear, um, maybe you want to touch on Nick Bosa too as far as ACLs go. Yeah, same situation, but uh, yeah. Bosa is actually a little bit better off just because his position does not require as much – uh, lateral cutting it's it, i mean there is some obviously uh, but for the most part he's going straight and then maybe making one cut off the knee um so i would say that he is much more likely to produce at pre-injury production quicker than bush is because again there's not that like stop and go which is what the acl primarily uh is used for and it's just a lot easier for defensive linemen to return from major knee injuries because their lateral movement and their requirements are just, they're just a lot less likely to go into positions that maybe they're not as comfortable on to start the year. So um, I'm going to be a little bit more bullish on Nick Bosa short term, but long term, I think both of these guys are still fine value wise. If you can get a discount, I would, I would go and get them because there's there's no reason not to. <laughs> there's yeah, yeah. It's very unlikely uh, that right. you're going to be able to get them at a discount again, right. like what yeah. you can get them for right now. Proven assets that get hurt that are more than likely going to come back to 100. Uh, percent This is like in, major injury is like the only chance you get to get a discount. Yep. No, I, that right. that was really good stuff with with ACL injuries to two elite IDP assets. Well, you know we consider them pretty high up there anyway. And two different positions to get your takes on how you see it relative to how they are used and how they play. You know, it's uh, definitely good stuff. And speaking on Bosa, is there any concern with a player such as him that's, you know, he had that core injury that kept him out that he eventually just said, I'm going to opt out, get ready for the draft. And now he's got this ACL. Is there any concern with a player that has multiple different injuries like that? Some players and people are just more likely to get injured. That's why part of the formula that I use for injury risk rating from my rookie guide is just the sheer number of injuries they've had. Even if it's low, you know, not severe injuries, if you've had seven injuries already and you're constantly dinged up, you need to pay attention to that because more than likely they're going to keep getting injured. Players that get hurt in college are more than likely going to get hurt again in the NFL. So with Boza, he was a high injury risk. You know, 
that when I say risk in that regard, you're talking about just global. You know, he's more likely to get hurt than most players based on how often he gets hurt, you know, currently. So uh, you can you can have two different types of risk. You know, you can have risk that the same injury is going to happen, a recurrent injury. Those are your strains and sprains more than likely. Once you have one, you're more likely to get another one. Concussions go into that group too. And then you have players that, yeah, they don't have those recurrent injuries as much, but if you have an ACL tear and then you, you know, and then you, you're, you got a core injury and then you have a concussion and then you have a hamstring strain and, and you've, you, you know, you're constantly kind of dealing with something. You need to know about that too, because those players are inherently let you can't trust them as much and so that's something that i do pay attention to because even though those two injuries are not probably related anatomically at all it's important to know that when a guy gets hurt maybe it could be more serious and he might take longer to recover than other players do i mean we all recover at different speeds so yes you should look at it do I think those two injuries specifically are related? No, not not really. So being the professional I am at Segways, is there a way we that. can get some sort of information on the incoming 2021 rookies? <laughs> is there some guide that somebody has put together out there in the universe that has all of this information compiled somebody in one does. place? Yeah, somebody does that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, of course. I feel uh, like I know a guy. <laughs> you might know a guy. I don't know, maybe. Uh, so, um, yeah, <laughs> the answer, I love your your very obvious tee up transition there. Uh, <laughs> last year was the first, <laughs> last year was the first year that I went back. Well, it wasn't the first year that I went back and looked up injuries, histories. I've done that for three, four, going on four years now. But last year was the first year that I made my own guide that I sold to the public uh, that was professionally uh, professionally done with graphics that make it a lot easier for you to understand what players are coming into as far as an injury history perspective. So NFL teams do this. When you're talking about a combine medical, they're going back and looking at every time a guy got hurt. You know, where, when did you get hurt? You know, what was it? You know, what did you do? Did you have surgery? Did you not have surgery? If I know if an NFL team knows that you had an ACL injury in high school, you best believe they're going to be paying attention to how your MRI looks at the combine medicals. So this year, more than any year, it's going to be even more important to have this guide. And what I did was basically I said, nobody collects injury histories for college players before they come to the NFL, there are there's a couple sites that you can find most NFL injuries are reported and well documented. So it's easier to find a guy. Once I get hurt in the NFL, it's easier to find that. The problem I had was that you're only getting the NFL, the NFL injury history. And so you got to look at the whole thing. Uh, Todd Gurley is a good example of this. Now, obviously, Todd Gurley was famous enough that when he tore his ACL, we knew later that he was probably going to have some arthritis issues, which is what we're seeing right now. So if you're expecting an Adrian Peterson type career from a guy that's as talented as Todd Gurley, you're forgetting that part. He tore his ACL while I was in college. Right. 
what my goal was, was to find not just that guy, but also those guys that nobody's talking about their injury histories, but they're very concerning. Sony Michelle was this guy. Everyone talked about Nick Chubb's injury history coming in because he had a major televised knee injury. He didn't tear his ACL though. He tore everything else but his ACL. That's huge from a medical perspective. His risk is much lower because if you can keep your ACL intact, that's the that's the primary stabilizer of your knee. The other ones heal well. The ACL doesn't. Sony Michelle tore his ACL in high school. So you're talking four years sooner than Todd Gurley. Sony Michelle had the same injury, and we saw it immediately play out. So Sony Michelle arguably was for some people was the RB two in that draft class over Nick Chubb. But if you looked at their injury histories, it was a completely different perspective. It was a, holy crap, like this guy might start having issues like today with his knees. And guess what? He did. He did have those issues immediately. As soon as he got in the career, he, he didn't even make it through his rookie contract before now. I mean, he's essentially an afterthought. Most people are not trying to go get Sony Michelle. And so what I wanted was, <laughs> yeah, what I wanted was a way to give people the information that I wanted. Basically, I was really selfish and I wanted all the injury history data for me and my analysis so that I would look like a savant and super smart when I said, <laughs> hey, don't draft Sonny Michelle. He looks like he's going to be injured. Uh, you know, you know, he could he could have some issues here. I wanted to look like a savant, but I also wanted to give that information out to the public. And so I put it all in a guide. I made graphics. I did the analysis for you. And last year was the first year that I created a numbering system, which makes it even easier. It's called the injury risk rating for the IRR. And what that does is it puts everybody on a, a 10 point scale. So from zero to 10, every player gets put on the scale and it is adjusted to Quarterbacks by position, it gets adjusted. So obviously your running backs are more likely to get injured um, than say a quarterback is because quarterbacks are protected, but it, it evens the playing playing field completely. So it's the only system that does this where you can look at two rookies either within the class quarterback and running back or running back and running back and compare their injury histories and how much risk they are going to have of being injured in the future when they hit the NFL. And while that maybe seems like, man, that seems like a lot of work. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I care that much about this. Let me tell you why you should care. The difference in injury histories and understanding risk is the difference for me personally, between teams that I have Christian McCaffrey on and teams that I drafted Leonard Fournette on. And let me tell you, I don't have any Leonard Fournette, okay? If I had the 101, I was drafting Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook because the injury history said if these two players are close, McCaffrey has the edge. He's never been hurt. Right. Last year was arguably the hardest year because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor both never got hurt. But DeAndre Swift had. So for me the difference between DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor was the injury histories. And we've seen that already play out this year. DeAndre Swift missed games and Jonathan Taylor did not. 
Okay, if you're drafting right now, DeAndre Swift is going in like the fourth or fifth round of a dynasty startup, and Jonathan Taylor is going in the first or second round of a dynasty startup. So that value pays off immediately, short term. I've already told you about Sony Michelle and and uh, Nick Chubb, but those are where you're going to win long term in dynasty because you're not going to miss on two guys because you can compare them pretty pretty well equally. Uh, I'm still working on making the formula as best I can, but that's a it's a evolving process. So I did 100 players last last year, IDP and offense. Uh, I split it up 50-50. I'm not sure if I'm going to do exactly 50-50 again this year because I did way too many cornerbacks that did not matter. But I, I am assuming that it will be close to 100 again this year. Um, and I am selling it again on the fantasy headliners. So you go to the fantasy headliners.com. It's like the first thing that shows up is my 20, 2021 injury rookie guide, rookie injury guide. And it's worth it. It's worth it a hundred percent. Um, I know that Daryl uses it. Um, I don't, Kyle, did you, oh, did you buy that last year or no? Uh, no, I didn't. And, you know, even, Maybe it was a player that you didn't have in your guide, but I looked at the injury. I went maybe to a player that had that same injury, and I kind of looked at how you broke it down and diagnosed it. Uh, man, I, I loved your guide, and I thought your guide was a game changer, just kind of like I mentioned earlier, the capology, how they break down the cap. Those are the things I'm looking for. So anything that can give me an advantage in fantasy now is huge. And I, I just loved your injury guide from last year. I thought it was great. It helped me so much, and uh, I loved it. I liked um, the the Sony Michelle Nick Chubb example and the and the Christian McCaffrey Fournette example. If you had, like you said, Sony Michelle Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, you you had a hard time picking one or the other. Like that's the edge you were talking about to break the tie, right? Yeah, and, and it obviously would have worked out in your favor, like you said. I think that example is just awesome. And just as a teaser, I know a lot of people are having debates about their wide receiver ones, and uh, Jalen Waddle had a pretty uh, significant yeah. injury, so he's probably one of the features yeah. of your yeah. uh, guide there. To yeah, that's it, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely the tiebreaker. I think for. Well, I think it should be the tiebreaker for any players that you, you know, in any round that you have that are close. Um, there's no reason uh, that you shouldn't be using all of the available information that you have. Now, you might say, "Well, Ethan, I don't want to pay twenty dollars for this thing because that's <laughs> you know, that's twenty bucks, man. I don't know. I will tell you that you will get it back. You will get the twenty bucks back." And yep. just know you're not really paying for the information. You're paying for me to spend hours and hours and hours finding it for you. You can't go to another website and find this stuff. You can you can throw me any website. I will throw you my injury history for the same players, and you'll see it's six or seven injuries longer if they've had them. Uh, that's how much detail. I usually spend an hour on each player. So you're looking at right there minimum 100 hours just for data collection. Wow. And so if they've had it, I can find it. I mean, I've found injuries dating back to eighth grade for players. And so I am hell bent on having the closest thing that you can get to a combine medical and giving it to people for 20 bucks. I mean, it's just, if you want to spend, I mean, anyone can do what I do with my guide. You guys could all do it too. 
but you're probably not crazy enough to spend hundreds of hours doing it like after your day job. So uh, for me, it's, it's just, it's so useful and it's, I'm already seeing, I mean, I'm winning fantasy championships. <laughs> so I'm winning IDP championships. So if your goal is to win, if you win one championship, you've paid tenfold your guide. If you're playing for any money, you know, any $20 league, you're, 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 you're investing in yourself to get the edge to win your league. That's, that's what you're trying to do. I mean, that's, and it's going to, it's not like, it's not like something that will fade as time goes on. The injury histories are there for their whole career. So as long as you know what their college injury history is, you can update the guide yourself when something else comes up, you know, and you're not going to be able to change the injury risk ratings, but you can kind of get an idea like, all right, like this guy didn't have any injuries before and now he's had seven or eight. He might be a little bit riskier than what I thought he was. So, I mean, again, it's just, it's such a competitive advantage. I just, if you use it right, it will make you money. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I went back last year and maybe, maybe there was a player had an injury that you didn't have in your guide, but another player had that same injury. So I went back last year and I was using it. You know, how did you look at this injury? How did it affect that player? What was the long-term? It was just such a valuable source of information for me. And I really, really loved it. And while we're on this, I guess now's the best time to, uh, to uh, break out our special announcement here. I mean, we're, we're all up in your guide. You've broke it down. You've broke down players. So they've they've kind of got a glimpse of what you do and what you provide. Um, we have partnered together. Yeah, I said partnered together because, you know, we love you, Ethan. You you are the official doctor of IDP Nation, you know. You know, even though you've got the little curl going on, which is sexy <laughs> as hell, by the way. I just got to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you keep them beat off of you, but back on track here, uh, we've kind of partnered together and we've decided that if you will join our Patreon, the top tier of our Patreon, that while you will not only get mine and Dan's breakdown and all that good stuff that comes with our Patreon, they are now going to get your uh, injury guide with that if they join the top tier, correct? That is right. That is right. This is uh, my gift to the IDP community. Uh, it is the most important thing I do for fantasy football. And I want as many people to have access to it as possible. And I want them to support IDP podcasts uh, like yours, because to me, this is one of the most valuable podcasts that I listen to personally. Uh, I did win an IDP championship my first this year. Uh, I'm nice. fairly certain that I beat all three of you in that league. Um, yes. I know for sure, Dan and Kyle. See, that, I, I, I had no hope with uh, with once Burrow went down. I think Burrow was my only quarterback, and so, I think I made a trade with you. Uh, and we, I picked up your first next year, so I apparently have the what twelfth or fourteenth pick of yours next year, something like that. Yeah, that's all right. I don't need it. I'm good. I got the chip. <laughs> it's all good. You got the hardware. You got the yeah. hardware. But yes, so we we we've partnered together. It was uh, to me this this is important. I want people to support you guys. I want them to get as much value as they can get out of the rookie guide, 
And if they join your, your highest tier, your Patreon, the guide is included in that. So you get the guide. And because I love you three, you guys are all getting a guide too because Kyle Ooh. obviously is not willing to pay for it. So <laughs> all you guys want, and anybody, anybody that joins the Patreon will also be getting a guide. I won't say for free because I got to support you guys, but that yeah. is part of the package now, which is I think is awesome. I'm so excited to be a part yes. of it, um, to be supporting a podcast that I really care about. So, you know, yes. it's even more value getting added to this Patreon. Like, right. what are you doing? If you're listening to this podcast a, an hour and 40 minutes later, like, <laughs> y'all need to be joining the Patreon. Like, right. Help my boys out. Yeah. When you make some to me. Hollywood, hold on a second. This, okay. this is important because they need to find out where to go to find this link. So if you Very go true. to at IDP Nations uh, pinned tweet, the Patreon is there. Uh, you can click on that and join today. Uh, there are a couple tiers. If you join the top tier, you get the guide included. And if you decide that actually you hate these two and you just want the guide... <laughs> You can go to thefantasyheadliners.com, and if you go there, it's, it's right at the top, but it's going to cost you 20 bucks. So you might as well just join the Patreon and support the podcast and then also get the guide and help everybody out. I'm just saying, you know, you can be a bad guy. Like, I'll take your money, but I really want to try to help my boys out here. So if you could join the Patreon, that'd be sweet. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's fitting because you were on our show for the very first time we introduced our Patreon. There yes, you go. Were. So, very fitting. Yeah. And uh, when you mentioned the idea, I thought it was a no-brainer when we were talking and you like, what if? And you kind of broke this down for us. I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. Um, you know, it helps you, it helps us. Uh, we're absolutely glad to partner up with you and uh, help each other out. Um, you know, it's a no brainer sign up for the Patreon because it's going to be such a great value. Get that top tier. You will not be disappointed with this injury guide. It's so great. I used it last year a bunch of times. So I just love it. Absolutely love it. Um, quick note here, you know, fantasy seasons over, maybe you're in some playoff leagues. Um, you're doing that kind of thing. I have to mention, a big shout out to one of our sponsors at my fantasy league, me and Dan, that's basically where we play 90% of our leagues. Um, yes. The leagues I pay close attention to. Right. I mean, even in the IDP invitational, the IDP uh, guys playoff league, they're supporting that. Uh, just, you know, I'm a big proponent of you get what you pay for. And uh, for me, they're, they're just one, they're the best at it in the industry. And I really love that. And then kind of to piggyback off that, uh, if you're watching the video, you want to crown your champion or maybe your season's over and you've not picked out something for your league champion. Uh, here's a ring that I sent us to show off. Uh, they've got trophies, they've got belts, they've got plaques, uh, rings, whatever you want. They've even got stuff for the losers of your league. Um, again, this ring, it's a nice heavy ring, good quality. 
The belts are amazing. Me and Dan's talked about that many times. So be sure to go over to uh, my Twitter page and um, the pinned tweet. Follow that link. Get a good discount there for all your uh, fantasy hardware and help us out there too. Um, we've got a couple questions here. Um, Nick uh, Brigoli at Stromboli for reals. He wants to know what defensive ends are you projecting to have a breakout year next year? And uh, how is this year's rookie crop of defensive ends? Um, I can go first if you guys want. I yeah, guess. go ahead. Um, though, I guess for uh, being as it's early here, for as far as breakouts go, I, I guess one guy I'm stashing um, is Carl Lawson. Um, I've always been a, a Carl Lawson fan coming out of Auburn. Um, you know, he, he flashed as a rookie there. He had eight sacks. He had a, he had a nice rookie year. Then he's kind of leveled off. But he came in this year, had a pretty solid year. Um, he stepped up when Carlos Dunlap was dealt. Um, he's going to be a free agent, so he's he's going to hit the market. And um, I think there's going to be some teams looking for his services as a pass rusher. Um he ended up with five and a half sacks this year, 24 quarterback hits and 34 hurries. So, you know, he was able to get some solid pressure on quarterbacks. So he's a guy that I'd love to stash right now to see where, where he ends up um, when he hits the market here. So um, I'll send it over to you guys. Have you guys got anybody? Dan, you got anybody? Uh, I think about breakouts for that, that, that are up and coming up in this season. Uh, I think you got to look at Daryl's boy, uh, Daryl Taylor. He never really even saw the field for the Seahawks. Uh, so he's probably, injured, so yeah. probably free 99. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to bank on a on an injured guy, but if he's sitting out there on your waiver wire or ignored, I mean, taxis, sometimes you have to empty your taxis. He might be uh, a end of your bench kind of guy that you stash. Um you know, worth a shot if he's free. You know, waivers still run in some leagues, so yeah. keep an eye on those uh, those guys that got you know maybe fell out of favor. I mean, free agency, free agency is going to be crazy. There's a lot of free agents yep. changing teams this year, um, so I think you have to look at where where what all shakes out. So I think it's a little early to kind of really pick who's going to break out because things change. Um, in the draft even is that last chunk of information we get that changes things too. So uh, as far as guys coming out, um, uh, Kwai Pity from uh, Michigan. Quitty Pay, did you see that three-corn go? Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That's pretty crazy. Um, He's one of the guys I've checked out a little bit. Um, I like him a little bit. I mean, we we watched Greg Rousseau on the uh, Patreon episode, and, um, you know, we were – Okay on him, uh, but yeah, I think he's he's uh, he he kind of had the hype in the beginning of the season, and I think kind of died off a little bit his hype. So I think uh, uh, pity pity Quay Quay Quitty Pay Quitty Pay. I only know because I'm a Michigan fan. There you go. He's what I had. I'm looking at. No, he's 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 a good player. I like this edge class. It's it's pretty solid. I think uh, there's, there's a lot of good prospects coming. I like Joseph Asai out of Texas, um, Aziz Ojolari, Ojolari out of um, Georgia. Um, 
like you said, Rousseau is good. I love Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. I think he is just going to be a really good 4-3 end um, in the NFL. He's really good pass rusher. He's just solid against the run, really disciplined in, in his his run set, his run fit, setting the edge. Um, really like him. A lot, a lot of talent in this edge class, I think. Absolutely. Um, our next question comes from our good buddy, Eric Harriff. He wants to know the 2021 look outlook for Josh Allen and Max Crosby. I think Crosby is kind of an average of what he did in his rookie year and this year. I don't, I think he's about in the middle of that because he pretty much didn't do much this year. Rookie year blazing. I think he's about in the middle between there. I think he seems like like Crosby seems like a guy who gets sacks and spurts, you know, like his rookie year, he had that big stretch where he had like four or five sacks and he had kind of an up and down year this year. And he kind of did the same thing. He had, um, in weeks three to five, he had four sacks, and then in weeks nine and ten, he had two. He ended up with seven on the year, and that's six of them right there. So he kind of just gets them in bunches. But I mean, overall, he's gonna. I mean, I could see him being a a DE two or DL two um, because he can put up those points, you know, in bunches like that. But uh, yeah, I, I I think I think that's what he is. You know, good guy to have. He's a DE two type, DL two type. Josh Allen. He only played seven games. He kind of got bothered by injuries this year, which was a bummer because a lot of people were expecting him to break out. Um, he had sacks back-to-back in weeks three and four, and then he got hurt, and then he finished the year hurt. Um, I, he's a type of guy I think Ethan talked about it when we were talking injuries to all these players, but if you can get a little bit of a discount on a player, you know, he's, he's the type of guy I'm probably looking at too if you can get him cheap because I think he's super talented, and, and I expect a better year out of him in 2021, so. There was no need for Jacksonville to even try to bring him back. Yeah, exactly. That's all. That's a great point. Yeah, why? Why would you do it, right? One of your young, promising talents. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Agree with all that. And then our last question comes from Peter Randall at Peter Patera. He wants to know which are currently the team, which teams are currently with the trashiest safeties or defense. <laughs> uh. Trashiest. I don't know. I had I had a couple written down. I guess. Go I had, ahead, go I had Jacksonville since we're talking Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Josh, I mean, if, I'm a Green Bay fan. I thought Josh Jones was going to be something when we drafted him. It turns out I was way wrong. And then he goes to Jacksonville and has an okay year. He's he was pretty decent from an IDP perspective. But they had Josh Jones, Andrew Wingard, and Jared Wilson. I mean. It's not a crazy how about, how about Philadelphia safeties. They're yeah. Kind of, yeah, they're bad. Yeah. yeah. Another another one I had written down was um, although I like one of their safeties that, that came came and made the presence here was the Cowboys. Damian Wilson played well, but like you know, with him, Xavier, uh, Xavier Woods and um Darian Thompson, you know, it's not a overly strong group. But I do like Damian Wilson. I will say that. Yeah, I'm trying to go through my head here. Um, yeah, I am too. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe Dallas with their safeties. They don't have real good safeties. Uh, I I just, yeah, I just touched on Dallas. Um, yeah, Dallas. I mean, really, I mean, if you Marcus May had a hot start, but really they were they were garbage at safety too. The Jets. Yeah, I do like Ashton Davis. I do like. Yeah. yeah I like, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not an indictment on him. It's more that they. I were, agree with you. Yeah, they were yeah. just not very consistent. Yeah. I mean, well, IDP wise, they were okay. I mean, May had that hot start and then fell off the face of the earth, basically. Yeah. No, I definitely get what you're going. Definitely, definitely get you, Dan. I see what you're going with there, man. Yeah, I think Miami, it, their safeties are kind of yeah. they're, they're big. They're just corners that are masquerading yeah. as safeties, except for Brandon yeah. Jones. Brandon Jones, yeah. Stash Brandon Jones if you can. Otherwise, yeah. I think they give him the the reins next year. I think that's going to be his job. Yep. Yeah, he, had a hot, he had a hot week one, and then they kind of scaled back what they were asking him to do. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other teams right off the top of my head. Um, Atlanta, their defensive ends, however you want to. I'm just gonna it. say, yeah, dude, let's hit the yeah. defensive ends. Atlanta, they're probably trash. I mean, I hate yeah. to say trash, but you know, Fowler was good. He's just he didn't do much this year. Yeah, you had Fowler had a down year. Then you had Stephen Means and Allen Bailey. I mean, yeah, not. Um, the other one I had was the Giants for defensive ends or pass rushers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Leonard Williams was Yeah, Leonard Williams is awesome. Had a great year, but he's a free agent. So if they don't bring Leonard Williams back, yeah, they are. I mean, yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to draft yeah. there probably. I mean, that they 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 need somebody. They let Marcus yeah. Golden go halfway through the year. Exactly. Yeah, he was. Yeah, if they don't sign Leonard Williams, that's that's a real rough unit. They'll be looking for pass rusher early in this draft, I think. Miami. Well, actually, Miami, they had Shaq, Law- Shaq Lawson had a real turnaround season this year. Emmanuel Ogba. Ogba had a fantastic yeah, year. Miami, but, yeah, those two kind of turned it on. Yep. But, yeah. All right. That does it for our listener questions. Um, I think we're – I know Dan's dying right here because we're running almost two hours. So. Uh, Over two hours. He should have been in bed two hours ago because the, the roosters done crowed and passed out. So, um, I live on the uh, farm, you know, man. The crows, I, the, the roosters wake wake up at the crack of dawn. Everybody knows where they can find me. They know where they can find Dan. They know where they can find Kyle. So we're going to give Ethan a minute. Tell them, Ethan, where they can find you, what you're doing, and then uh, – be sure to stick around for the Patreon too. Oh man, only a minute. Um, pretty much all my stuff well, is going to be on the fantasy headliners this year, uh, either through their through their Patreon. Uh, most of our content is on YouTube for free. So if you loved hearing my voice, if you want to see the incredible curl that's gotten so much love from Daryl today. Uh, it will make many appearances this <laughs> off season on the fantasy headliners, YouTube channel. Go check that out. If you want to buy the rookie guide, but not support my boys, uh, I hate you, but I'll take your money. Uh, fantasy headliners.com. You can buy that bad boy. Um, if you're like, you know what, this seems like the kind of people I want to hang out with and be good friends with you go join their Patreon. You get the top tier, you get that bad boy. I will yep. send you a rookie guide because I love people who love my people. So go support them, get a rookie guide on top of all the stuff they're already offering you. And let's just, you know, let's just make this happen. Like we want, I want our content to be great. 
And I want to be able to keep doing these things to be able to come on and talk for two hours and keep Dan up way too late. And I want to be able to do those things. So please support us for what we do. It is so, so important. If you're listening to this podcast, if you like what you see or hear and you listen to this regularly, please support these individuals because a lot of us are staying up late. We're not hanging out with our wives or kids so that we can give you this content so we can talk about football with you, make your fantasy teams better. Please, like just a little bit. I don't I don't need all your money. I just need a little baby bit. <laughs> Help the boy out, okay? Because it's important, you know, if you if you love something, you should support it and this, that's how you do it. That's how we upgrade things. That's how we get nice, nicer equipment. That's how we, you know, we're not going to be able to fix Daryl's mug, but maybe we can make his voice sound better. Get the microphones. Like, help a brother out. Yeah. Support the Patreon. Get some awesome content. Yeah, we start. We got the, the you know, chat here the, to the Patreon chat. So uh, we got a couple of yep. the fellows yeah. there. If you didn't drop us your tw- your Twitter handle, uh, drop us your Twitter handle. Their Twitter handle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I can't speak anymore. It's like I, I totally start- forgot. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Um, I will be talking mostly about my rookie guide. I'll be giving out some free content from that. If you're like, man, I hate all these dudes. I'm not going to support any of them. You will occasionally get some free content on there as well. Uh, I do like making jokes and having a good time on Twitter. I'm not one of those serious Twitter followers. So if you need just fantasy, stick to football, like I'm probably not your guy because I like making fun of other people too much to just stick to football. Absolutely. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, So I think that wraps it up. Um, Kyle, another banger show. Um, it's good to see Dan Graces with his presence. Um, I'm good for another three months now, so I don't I don't need to see. Him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so glad. Thank you, Ethan, for joining us, uh, partnering up with us, and dropping this big news. Follow the Patreon, get the top tier, you get the best of being Dan and Ethan's like. You know what? I'll I'll give you a rookie guy or an injury guide here too. So um, be sure to check that out. Sign up for that. Get the best of both worlds. It's it's definitely worth the money. You know, even if you don't want to hear me and Dan cuss each other, it's worth it just to get uh, Ethan's uh, injury guide. So go check that out. Um, okay. If you guys don't have anything else, I think we're done. Nope. Going to bed. Uh, oh my god um we're gonna do a patreon here in just a second uh when we're done um guys i'll send you a new link i've got to send a new link so um i know dan's about to die he's probably about to pass out because the roosters have done crowed and he's our they've already already tomorrow morning it sounds like yeah so uh uh, appreciate it thanks Kyle. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Ethan, for for stopping by and dropping that injury knowledge, man. That's the type of stuff that gives yeah. you the edge, like you said. Awesome Absolutely. stuff. And I want to call him Mister Curl right now. I really do. That's I just Doctor Curl to you. It's a sick hair <laughs> game, right there. <laughs> uh, Dan, you can see this hair game on YouTube too. Nate, Nate will drop this on YouTube for us. So oh, absolutely, yeah, you will get to see what I'm talking about. I'm t- I'm telling you, the curl is real. It's it's real. 
It's worth just, it, man. I'm mesmerized right now. I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, wow, that's just that's just freaking beautiful. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Good night now. Daryl, you got the you got the controls. You're you're the man. I got, the, I got this. Shh. Don't don't be rushing me, man. <laughs> anyway, peace out. Love you, Ethan. Go. Love you, Kyle. Screw you, Dan. We're out. <laughs>